What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Adam Driver, the newest film from Disney Pixar Soul, and the latest action-packed film from Christopher Nolan, Tenant. But first, let's talk about the career of actor Adam Driver. He made a name for himself playing Adam, the on-again, off-again, complicated boyfriend of Hannah in the hit HBO show Girls. I absolutely love that show. And then right away, he started to show up in some really good films. He had supporting roles in films like Francis High and Inside Lewin Davis, and these are two of the most criminally underrated films of this past decade. They have critical acclaim, but not enough people have seen these movies. It's a small role for Adam Driver in Francis High, but you can see how exciting of an actor he is just by watching this film. And then in Inside Lewin Davis, he has some amazing scenes with Oscar Isaac, and it's interesting that the two of them ended up starring in a Star Wars trilogy together. The first movie that I saw Adam Driver in was Sean Levy's film This Is Where I Leave You, a comedy drama that also co-starred Jason Bateman and Tina Fey, and right away I could tell Adam Driver was a movie star. He completely stole that movie. Then, of course, Driver became a household name playing Kylo Ren, the villain in Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's one of the best villainous performances in a blockbuster franchise I've ever seen. I put it up there with Heath Ledger as the Joker, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, and Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. I felt like Adam Driver was larger than life as Kylo Ren. It's what Hayden Christensen turning into Darth Vader was supposed to be. It's such an underrated Star Wars character, and his chemistry with Daisy Ridley is the only thing that's interesting about the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And while Driver is best known for appearing in a big franchise in Star Wars, he's also starred in some really great quality smaller films like While We're Young, this film directed by Noah Baumbach that co-stars Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, and Amanda Seyfried. I absolutely love the film While We're Young. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. Then you have Patterson, where Driver plays the small town bus driver who's in love with poetry. It's one of his best leading performances. And then he starred in Martin Scorsese's Silence, along with Andrew Garfield and Liam Neeson. Driver got his first Oscar nomination for a supporting performance in Spike Lee's film Black Klansman. I absolutely love this film. It's one of the best of 2018. I think it probably should have won Best Picture that year, and I think Adam Driver should have taken home the Oscar. He has an insane amount of chemistry with the lead of that film, John David Washington, who I'll talk about later in this podcast when I talk about the film Tenant, but him and Driver have great chemistry, and I think it's one of Adam Driver's best performances. He's just electric in that film. And then we get to 2019, which was the year of Driver. He starred in four movies, The Report, where he gives an excellent leading performance alongside people like Annette Bening, John Hamm, Tim Blake Nelson, Corey Stoll, and Matthew Reese. Like, I absolutely love the supporting actors in that film, and Adam Driver completely carries that movie. His second film of that year is The Dead Don't Die, Jim Jarmusch's zombie comedy where he co-starred with Bill Murray and Chloe Sevigny. This is one of the most underrated films of 2019. The cast of that film is stellar, and Adam Driver gives probably the best comedic performance of his career, and then he stars in Marriage Story, where he gives the best performance of his career. More on that in a second. And then he rounds out the year by starring in this epic Star Wars 
Skywalker's The Rise of Skywalker. Not my favorite film, but still, he ends the year with a bang. Those are four films, and that's why he's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, because he has unlimited range. And that gets me to the point of what I love most about Adam Driver, is that I feel like he's an actor that transcends genre. He is not defined by the genre of film he's in. He can be really funny in a film like Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky, and he can also be super dramatic in films like Tracks and Midnight Special. Like, he has unlimited range. He is not defined by genre like so many other actors are. He is believable in any film, and I don't think I can say that about any other actor. Like, if Adam Driver were cast in any kind of movie, I would find it believable because he's worked in every different kind of genre imaginable up until this point. And, oh, by the way, he's interesting in every single thing he does. I think he understands it's not about being the lead of a movie. It's about being the most interesting thing and person in that movie. And Adam Driver is definitely that in almost every film and television show he's ever appeared in. If you're baffled by the success of Driver, just look at the list of big-time filmmakers he's gone to work with. Here's the list. Noah Baumbach, the Coen brothers, Jeff Nichols, Martin Scorsese, Jim Jarmusch, Spike Lee, J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, Clint Eastwood, Steven Soderbergh, and Terry Gilliam. These are some of the best filmmakers of all time. And every single one of them put Adam Driver in their movies and continues to work with him. Like, he's worked with a lot of them multiple times. He's worked with Noah Baumbach four times. He's worked with Jim Jarmusch two times times. Every great director seemingly wants to work with Adam Driver. That is a huge advantage for his career because, again, when the big-time directors make a movie, they usually turn out to be successful either critically or financially. I think when you ask the question, what is the best performance of Adam Driver's career, there's only one clear answer, and the answer to that is a marriage story. It is a heartbreaking performance that's also really funny. It's by far his best leading performance. I think his second best leading performance is in the film The Report, which is criminally underrated, but I really love that film. And I think he should have gotten two nominations, but you can't get two nominations in the same category. So they obviously went with Marriage Story because it's the better performance. I just think this is one of the best movie star performances of all time. There's a moment in this film where he sings it's, and it's incredible. It's so showy, but it's also so incredible. And the film itself is incredible. He has an insane amount of chemistry with Scarlett Johansson. He has some great scenes with Alan Alda, Laura Dern, and Ray Liotta. Like, he just carries this film along with Johansson. It is one of the best leading performances I've ever seen. He was right Fully nominated for an Oscar. Yes, I kind of wish he won, even though I love Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. But I think when we look back at the career of Adam Driver, I'm not sure he can get better than in his performance in Marriage Story. I'm sure he's going to try, but I don't think it gets any better than Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Here's a list of upcoming films Adam Driver is set to appear in, including Ridley Scott's The Last Duel with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, Annette with Marion Cotillard, and a rumored reteaming with Noah. Bombach and Greta Gerwig. Here's what I'll say about Noah Bombach and Adam Driver. It is the best director-actor duo working today. They are free for free in the films they've worked together on. Francis Ha, While We're Young, and Marriage Story. All three of those films are masterpieces, so give me as much films of them working together as humanly possible.
And here's a list of Adam Driver performances that I highly recommend. Girls, Francis Ha, Inside Lewin Davis, Tracks, What If, While We're Young, This Is Where I Leave You, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Midnight Special, Patterson, Logan Lucky, Black Klansman, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, The Report, The Dead Don't Die, and Marriage Story. Watch these performances and appreciate the work of one of the best movie stars working today, Adam Driver. Now let's switch gears and talk about the newest film from Disney Pixar, Soul. Here's a quick synopsis. Joe Gardner is a middle school music teacher and his dreams of becoming a professional jazz musician are close to becoming a reality when his soul is suddenly removed from his body and he learns his time on earth may be coming to an end. But Joe is willing to do anything to get back to his life, including mentoring a young soul and teaching her about life. Because of their history, when a Pixar film comes out, you have huge expectations for it. You have Toy Story, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. I mean, the legacy of Pixar is enormous. So when they come out with a new film, you have high expectations that these films will probably never reach and some of their more recent films have not been quite as successful like Brave is a good movie I'm sorry it just didn't live up to the expectation of being a Pixar film and while I love Monsters University and some of their other recent films they haven't quite lived up to that earlier glory of Toy Story or even A Bug's Life like the films I grew up loving but this film Soul completely lives up to expectations and destroys the those expectations. This film is one of the best films in Pixar history. And like most Pixar films, it has a great all-star voice cast that includes Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Questlove, Davi Diggs, Felicia Rashad, Angela Bassett, and Graham Norton. The film is super ambitious with big ideas, but like most Pixar films, it feels light because it's really funny. Most of Tina Fey's lines are the funniest in the movie. Like, I thought her vocal performance in this film is superb. She fits so well with what this movie is doing. She brings much needed levity to this film. The biggest critique for Soul is that a lot of people will say this movie isn't for kids because it deals with grand ideas like what is a person's purpose and what is special about life. But I think that criticism isn't fair. It's a fun film to watch and kids are curious about these kinds of grand ideas. Pixar makes hit movies because they explore these ideas while making these films fun and enjoyable. The director and co-writer of this film, Pete Docter, is one of the best animated directors of all time. He's written and directed the films Monsters, Inc., Up, Inside Out, and now Soul. That's quite a resume. He's a two-time Oscar winner, and he may be on his way to winning a third Oscar. I just think it was a gigantic year for Disney Pixar because they were able to come out with two really great original films like Onward and Soul because in the last few years they've relied heavily on sequels to their classics like Toy Story 4 and The Incredibles 2 and while those are two really good to great films I like it more when they come out with original films like Inside Out and Up and this is a return to that Onward was a really good to great underrated film. 
I think that could compete for best animated picture. Soul is without a doubt the best animated film of this year. I hope it wins best picture. I really think it's deserving of that honor. It's Pixar coming back to what they do best. Great original filmmaking. This is them going back to making original thought-provoking films instead of just making sequels to their hits. And that's the direction I want this company to go in moving forward because I think they have a lot to offer. I highly recommend you check out Soul. Now let's switch gears one last time and talk about the latest film from Christopher Nolan, Tenant. I have been waiting forever to talk about this movie and it lived up to the hype. Here's a quick synopsis. A CIA agent is recruited to join a secret organization known as Tenant and his mission is to travel through time to prevent World War III and the destruction of all mankind. This movie personally gave me everything I wanted out of it. It gave me great performances from movie stars, a great spectacle that I expect from a Christopher Nolan blockbuster. I am extremely satisfied with my experience with this film, and here are a couple of the reasons why. First off, with this and Black Klansman, John David Washington is on the road to movie stardom. He's held his own up against established stars like Robert Pattinson and Adam Driver. He's worked with elite filmmakers and Spike Lee and Christopher Nolan, and I cannot wait for his upcoming film from Euphoria creator Sam Levinson called Malcolm and Marie where he'll co-star alongside Zendaya. That is the perfect pairing for a film. Him and Zendaya are rising stars and I cannot wait to watch this film. It comes out later this year so look out for Malcolm and Marie because I cannot wait for this movie. I mean, John David Washington isn't quite at the movie star level that his dad is at, but I think he's creeping up towards that. Like, he has had so much great success early on. And he carries Tenet. He is in every single scene, and he is compelling throughout. It is a great leading man performance from John David Washington. Also in this movie, you have Robert Pattinson, who has given two of the best supporting performances of the year in this movie and The Devil All the Time. He continues to show his limitless range as an actor, and in this, he's a suave movie star. If this doesn't get you hyped for his portrayal of Batman, I don't know what will. I mean, this is just Pattinson reminding the world that he is a movie star, and I'm here for it. Then you have Elizabeth Debicki, who sends Breaking Out in The Great Gatsby has been on quite a run, starring in films like Guy Ritchie's The Man from Uncle, alongside Army Hammer, Henry Cavill, and Alicia Vikander. I thought she was terrific in that. She also appeared in Steve McQueen's Widows, which she completely steals the movie away from Viola Davis. And now she's in Christopher Nolan's Tenet, and she's set to take over the role of Princess Diana in the next season of The Crown. And I'll say this, her character in Tenet is the best female character ever to appear in a Christopher Nolan film and I think that's a fair criticism of past Nolan films that maybe unfairly he hasn't quite created great female characters like I think back to Hilary Swank and Insomnia she's just there to move the plot forward I think of Marion Cotillard in Inception she's not a fully developed character now there have been some good female characters in Nolan films too I mean you have Anne Hathaway in Interstellar and Dark Knight Rises I really liked her as Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises you have Jessica Chastain in Interstellar. She's really good. And you have Carrie Ann Moss in Memento, who's brilliant in that film, by the 
way. But I just feel like Debicki's character is a three-dimensional character who, yes, is there to move the plot forward, but is also a huge part of helping the main characters fulfill their mission. I think it's the best female character ever to appear in a Nolan film. Like, it's a big step ahead of Ellen Page just there in Inception to explain the rules of the movie Inception. I think from there, it's a great step forward for a Nolan film to have a character like Elizabeth Debicki's character in Tenet. I think it's a huge step forward for Nolan to create a fully developed female character. You have the villain of this movie played by Kenneth Branagh, who, by the way, also played an evil Russian in his film Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which wasn't very good. But in this film, as wild as his performance is in this movie, he is really intimidating. It's so over the top. It's kind of enjoyable. He has great scenes with John David Washington and Elizabeth Debicki. I think he's a really good villain for a spy movie. I think he's one of the better villains I've seen recently in spy movies. He's really scary and kind of a believable threat. And I also really like Kenneth Branagh in Christopher Nolan's last film, Dunkirk. I thought he gave a good underrated performance in that film. Tenet also features a really good supporting cast that includes Clemens Posey, who has a great one-scene performance, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, who you might know from the Kick-Ass films. He also played John Lennon in the film. Nowhere Boy, he was brilliant in the Tom Ford film Nocturnal Animals. And oh, by the way, Aaron Taylor Johnson has been in blockbuster films before. He appeared in Avengers Age of Ultron as Quicksilver. Himesh Patel, the star of Danny Boyle's Yesterday, is in this movie. And longtime Christopher Nolan collaborator Michael Caine, who's appeared in every single one of Nolan's films since Batman Begins, appears in Tenet. For the record, I think Michael Caine's best performance in a Nolan film is in The Prestige along with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. I just want that on record. Now let's talk about the man himself, the director of this film, Christopher Nolan. He is the best blockbuster filmmaker of his generation and one of the best of all time because he knows it doesn't matter how convoluted the plot of a movie is. If you make it entertaining, it will work. It's the same with Inception and Interstellar. Those are thought-provoking films that are hard to understand, but at the end of the day, they are action-packed and are visual spectacles that star some of the biggest movie stars on the planet like Leonardo DiCaprio, Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, just look at the stars of his movies. I mean, with Tenet, he creates some of the best action sequences in film I've ever seen. The car chase scene is mind-blowing. It's one of the best I've ever seen. And the scene with the plane is epic. The movie is grand and unlike anything I've ever seen. Also, I think Christopher Nolan's obsession with time has given us a lot of really good to great movies like Memento, Inception, Interstellar, and now Tenet. And coming off of Dunkirk, I think this is the way Christopher Nolan's career should go. His Dark Knight trilogy is brilliant, but his original films keep you on your toes. Memento, Insomnia, Inception, and Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet. These are films that are not obvious blockbusters, but they become blockbusters because of Christopher Nolan. He creates the blockbuster. He doesn't need a franchise like Batman. Yes, Batman put him on the map, but I think he is beyond that point. I wanted him to keep making original spectacle blockbusters like Tenet. 
This movie is not Nolan's best, but it's an admirable attempt at a spy movie, and in normal circumstances, this movie would have made a boatload of money at the box office. I want to end this podcast by ranking Christopher Nolan's films. Here are my favorites. Number one, Dunkirk. I was absolutely blown away by this film. I think it's visually his best film. I think it's his best plot. I know it's based off of what really happened. I think this is not an obvious blockbuster, but he turned it into one. I absolutely love the performances in this film. My two favorites come from Tom Hardy and Harry Styles. Number two, The Dark Knight. Christian Bale, an all-time performance from Heath Ledger. How can you not love this movie? Number three, Inception. You have Leo, you have Killian Murphy, you have Tom Hardy. You have an unbelievable plot. This film completely holds up. Number four, Memento. You get the best performance of Guy Pierce's career. Again, Carrie Ann Moss is unbelievable in this film. I absolutely love Memento. Number five, Interstellar. I think Interstellar has become criminally underrated. Matthew McConaughey gives one of his best movie star performances. Jessica Chastain is great in this film. You have Anne Hathaway. I love Interstellar. Number six, The Prestige. I recently watched this film and man is it really good. You have great performances from Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, Rebecca Hall, Scarlett Johansson, and like I said, the best Michael Caine performance in a Nolan film. I definitely recommend The Prestige. Number seven, Insomnia, which features some of the career best performances of Al Pacino and Robin Williams. Number eight, Tenant. Christopher Nolan puts his stamp on the spy genre with movie star performances from John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, and Elizabeth Debicki. Number nine, Batman Begins. Liam Neeson, great villain. Killian Murphy completely steals the movie. Christian Bale proves that he is the best Batman ever. Who doesn't like Batman Begins? It's number 10, Dark Knight Rises. Like, I really think this film isn't great, but I really like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Christian Bale is really good in his final time playing Batman. Tom Hardy is a really compelling villain as Bane. I'm not sure it's a great performance, but I do enjoy it. Joseph Gordon-Lovett, Gary Oldman, they're all really good in this film. So again, one last time, here's my rankings of Christopher Nolan's films. One, Dunkirk. Two, The Dark Knight. Three, Inception. Four, Memento. Five, Interstellar. Six, The Prestige. Number seven, Insomnia. Eight, Tenant. Nine, Batman Begins. And ten, Dark Knight Rises. I love Christopher Nolan. He's one of my favorite filmmakers, and I definitely recommend you check out Tenet. It will blow your mind. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on actor Adam Driver, Disney Pixar Soul, and the action-packed Tenant. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the career of actress Elle Fanning and the film Wonder Woman 1984, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Pedro Pascal, and Kristen Wiig. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 